Wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. Hello and welcome back to the podcast that preferred it when World War Three was a WCW pay-per-view and not a terrifyingly realistic prospect. It's wrestling with my brother. Oh, a lot of close yes. to the bone that one, isn't it? Bloody hell. Yeah, start off on a on a low note. It can only get better from here. If we're talking about impending nuclear Armageddon, I think everything everything is up uphill from here. Well, it is linking what you've just said and wrestling. Uh, there's a tag team in AW called The Acclaimed and they come to the ring and they rap. And Tony Khan was pissed off the other day because he, he rapped something along the lines of, you've got no friends like Vladimir Putin. And I'm like, oh, dear. And he, it, it didn't make the, uh, the live cut. But he's like, oh, from now on, I'm going to have to start editing the show. All right, Tony, don't throw your fucking toys at the pram. You hire people to do that job anyway. Why are they thinking it's fine? And it's not the first time they've done it. He's so controversial. You know, like Kate Quick, and he comes to the ring and he spits a few bars, as the kids say. Well, he's really close to the fucking bones. So you know he's going to say shit that isn't sanctioned. He just keeps on doing it. You can't give somebody a gimmick that is a freewheeling, say what you like, you know, <laughs> rapper, and then rein them in when they start to get a bit controversial. I know. We're trying to turn him into bloody Louis Theroux about the places. Many doesn't jiggle, jiggle. Go out there and say oh. anything. No, not that. Not that. <laughs> I want to do to finish my Louis rap then. That was rubbish. Well, so, you haven't seen the, the latest one where he raps, have you? Ever? I have, but I was referring to the last one. You both know that one. Yeah, I don't think our listeners will, though, so... Well, most of our listeners are in America, and we're from Britain, so it's a melding of two. Anyway, hello, welcome back. Wrestling, wrestling is the name of the game. Have you been? <laughs> Silence. You don't worry about that. You know where I've been. We just we just shot the shit for five minutes before. Let's go straight to our first segment. People don't care where I am. No, they do. They like a bit of intro. They like a, a, a to be eased into it. They don't like to be smashed with a big would you rather straight away. They like the whole back and forth. That's what they buy into. Come on, yeah. get with it. It's the pod, podcast equivalent to foreplay, is it? Yeah, we got to loop them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm growing a big beard a la Malachi Black at the minute. So hopefully after my uh, repeated emails and letters, they're going to welcome me into the House of Black. So fingers crossed. I'll let you know how that goes. Okay. Is his uh, greying and slightly ginger in places as well? So would you rather... <laughs> <laughs> you twat. But it's not ginger. I'll take the grey. Surely it's not ginger, is it? I look all right, don't I, Dan? Bits of it are kind of gingery. Oh, I hate you. And this is in the dark as well. Imagine it broad daylight. <laughs> my boss, not even my boss, right? The head of the fucking company. Yesterday, I was doing exactly what I'm doing now, a little Teams chat. And he said, do you know what? He said, you look way better on camera than you do in person. I was just there for like five minutes. Like, that was, there was no way that was funny. That was just really rude. There was no yeah. way that he could address that. I said, what do you mean? Obviously, I asked him to elaborate, and he just went into how ill I look <laughs> in person. I'm like, oh, thanks, bro. I think 
the pandemic affected people's social skills, didn't it? People just <laughs> kind of lost their filters. You know, they, they just think they can say what they like now. We're all Sheldon Cooper's roaming about the fucking place. I'm a bit of decorum here. I just, he said, and he was just digging himself more of a hole. I said, all right, what, what, let's, let's finish this now because you just hurt my feelings. Nasty. Aww. I know. I know. This big brute's got feelings. Who'd have thunk it, eh, bro? <laughs> let's do our first feature now. That's enough, Bants. Good. Thank God. Would you rather? Alrighty. So yeah, obviously I was just joking about me being a brute. And we joke all the time about actually being professional wrestlers or even the prospect of us being professional wrestlers. It is absurd. Like we make Spike Dudley look like Brock Lesnar, let's be fair. (laughs) There's no way on earth. So I thought, okay, we're both creative people. We especially love kind of creative writing and, you know, other aspects of the business. So blatantly we're not going to be wrestlers so would you rather be a color commentator you know as as a full-time job within a wrestling company not specific to a a company or a member of the creative team backstage and why oh that's a really interesting one that's a good one um well i think since podcasting i'm more confident at talking and commentating on things and i think what you've said there, colour commentary would be a lot easier to do than play by play because they've got a hard job, you know, calling every move. I know in, you know, actual sports, play by play commentary is exhausting, you know, and uh, it's it's probably similar in wrestling, although it, it's probably not as demanding. But yeah, so I think I'd, I'd quite like the on air side of it. Um, but yeah, I would also like to be a backstage writer, although probably not for WWE because I think they get saddled with some absolute shit. I've read some accounts of some of the uh, writers and the things that they've been through and then the stick that they get from it for basically doing what they're told. And they get good ideas that are just kind of shot down and then told to write absolute shite. So that's my answer. Anyway, what about you? Well, I'm glad you went there because I'm going the opposite way and I like that we both don't pick the same thing. No, I just... <laughs> it's hard not to think of the world's biggest wrestling company, but him in your fucking ear, giving it all this every time. Like, you can't use pronouns, can you? So it's got to be the names. You can't say he or she. It's got to be the actual... You can't say he's just hit her with his fist. Um, but no, I, I would like to be creative because I love kind of creative writing. You know, I, I'm constantly thinking of ideas in and out of wrestling, you know, in my day job and my other hobbies and stuff. And I'd love to, I'd love to be able to write stories, but, you know, maybe be a bit more of Vince Russo where I get, I get on screen time as well. And, you know, just do the both. And if I don't like on screen, fuck that noise. As my boss said, I look terrible in person, so I'm going to go back, <laughs> go backstage, and just just be this anonymous writer. But yeah, imagine that, just writing storylines, and then you see the top superstars of the world going out there and acting out your scripts and your storylines. How, how amazing would that be? Yeah, well, thinking about it, I actually used to do both when I would regularly play the SmackDown versus Raw games and the WWE 2K whatever games. <laughs> uh, because, you know, when the matches were going on, I would provide my own colour commentary if they weren't doing a good enough job. And then I would often play out 
like different scenarios that I'd done for my creator wrestler, winning championships and getting involved in big angles, whether that was through the storyline mode or just stuff I kind of set up myself. So I played both those roles in the context of video games. That was exactly where I was thinking, wrestling through the ages. It started off with us. Yeah. I mean, we played Bloody No Mercy the other the other week. And I, I was I was really shocked to find there was no commentary. I always thought whether that was like a Mandala effect or is that the right term? Man, it's not Mandala, is it? Mandela. <laughs> Mandala is a pattern. I knew I got it wrong the second I said it. Yeah, whether it was that type of effect, and I always thought it had commentary, but it didn't. But that was obviously the, back in the time when we'd had our own. And then, yeah, like you said, you did the career modes, but you'd add your own little side stories. So, yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting because, you know, we do joke about actually being on-screen athletes and I think that ship sailed. I don't think that ship ever got into the water. I, I think it would have <laughs> sunk. I think it would have sunk in a puddle. But I think you raise a really good point, actually, a counterpoint to mine, which is having Vince in your ear would be as bad as him giving you crap directions for writing. So I think either of them, as long as it's not with Vince involved. So any, anything outside WWE, really. Why is he going to ruin wrestling for everyone? Why is he going to make everyone's lives fucking miserable? Oh. I think, obviously, he made WWE and wrestling what it is today. Yeah. Thanks to, you know, luck, money, and judgment. But I think his time is past and he should pass on to others now, but he just can't give up. He can't relinquish his control of the product, which is very sad. No, he, he's even on his funeral, he's going to be fucking barking orders of people from his coffin, isn't he? I wonder whether there'll be a storyline around that. He's probably got it all planned already. I mean, he did plan a storyline involving his death, so it wouldn't surprise me if he'd already scripted his actual funeral. If you could think of a sexual angle involving his own daughter, for Christ's sake, then yes, you know he's written out his death, his funeral, all the wrestlers mourning, and he's told the executives if any one of those laughs, then they're gone. Who was that? That was a wrestler. Was that London? Who uh, had a stupid grin on their face? That was, I have to look that up. I'm sure that was about the death of Vince. Paul London, I'm sure he was like grinning. Yes, it was. There was a fake death of him and all the wrestlers are lined up in the corridor and they're all looking solemn, heads in their hands and, and Paul London's here just fucking grinning like an idiot. And he got If you fun. Google Paul London, one of the first things that comes up is Paul London's smile. And you go, yeah. yeah, you can see it. He, Vince is walking past like a, through a corridor with wrestlers either side and he's grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. Oh, it, it wasn't about his death then, was it? It might have been when he was on the way to being blown up in his car or whatever that angle yes, was. Yes, that's um, what it was, yeah. His <laughs> stupid face on, brilliant. Because he knew, he knew. That's where his feet was. Well, as long as another wrestler doesn't come in a car and put a chain on the coffin and drive it away, I think uh, it'll be okay. Would you rather... All right, this is my first clip of the evening. This is David winning the big one. Kimberly went down in a heat. There's no referee, guys. There's a there's a referee. He's over towards our guest. One, two, three. What? 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 
Arquette just... What's going on here? David Arquette won the world title. David Arquette won the world title. He can't believe it. He can't believe it. David Arquette won the world title. Did David Arquette just win the world title? Did I see that? I love how unclear my title was in tell you the promotion. David, who? What what are you talking about, Craig? I'll tell you, I'll elaborate. I knew. I you didn't have to give any context. I knew when you sent that what it referred to. Oh, there you go. David Flea. Obs. <laughs> so this uh this serves as the first of two celebrities muscling in on wrestling clips for me. This is David Arquette, star of Scream, Eight-Legged Freaks. And the WCW, apparently. You know, it's been well documented. David has been a huge fan of wrestling. <laughs> David, like I know him. My mate Dave, huge fan of wrestling all of his life. Um, and was over the moon when he was given the chance to promote his new wrestling-related film, Ready to Rumble, within WCW. film turned out to be an absolute fucking shitfest. And a floppity flopper doodle. But uh, yeah, well, that in itself is a brilliant segue into how Arquette flourished within World Championship Wrestling. So he comes to the ring looking like a terrible zombie extra and pins world-renowned wrestler Eric Bischoff to win the big one. Just utter bloody madness. Why was he dressed like that? What was that all about? I've seen photos of it and I've seen this clip and I still don't know what that look was all about. Do you know more? Can you explain? I was hoping that you would have told me you normally do your legwork. Go Google it while I'm carrying on. He was obviously beaten up backstage is all I can think. And he come to the ring with the worst bruises and tattered clothes I've ever seen. I mean, he he's come from a horror movie franchise. So why they couldn't have done decent looking bloody makeup on him, I have no idea. I mean, it, yeah, th- this entire thing was a joke. The, the run was a joke. But I did watch a DDP interview recently where um, David Boy talked to him backstage about how mental the situation was and, and that he wasn't deserving. And he was like, why? What is going on? And DDP basically said, no shit, I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. You're getting the championship before me and a lot of the other boys who worked their absolute arse off. But, you know, if you don't take this opportunity, you're going to beat yourself up worse than if you did. And who wouldn't take this opportunity? You know, you've been presented with arguably the second biggest heavyweight championship in the whole of wrestling, apart from the WWE Championship at the time. And why wouldn't you take it? And I think because he was such a big wrestling star and he was so humble and and almost apologetic to the boys backstage, it was it was seen in better light with the boys <laughs> than the audience. But uh, yeah, discuss. Yeah, well, I mean, an infamous moment in wrestling history, remembered for all the wrong reasons. I feel like we've discussed this event loads on this podcast without actually showing the clip itself. I mean, obviously, the reason they put the belt on him was to get that huge mainstream crossover appeal that WCW was constantly going for in the late 90s by putting the belt on a popular movie star and a big cross-promotional thing between the movie and the wrestling but obviously among wrestling fans this angle went down like a bucket of cold sick um (laughs) like you said he thought it was a terrible idea most of the wrestlers thought it was a terrible idea um and he actually gave his money for his run 
to the families of uh, Brian Pillman and Droz, which, which was a, a really nice touch. But, yeah. you know, if if you think about it, it, I mean, it was disastrous, wasn't it? It, uh, you know, ended his career in movies. It, it was one of the things that was blamed for the ending of WCW, but we're still talking about it today. So it obviously made an impact. It's, you know, some it's infamous. It's something that people talk about. So it, it had the effect that people wanted. Um, I just like the redemption that he had. We've seen that documentary where he later made peace with it all and actually trained properly and got back inside the ring for another run, but as a proper competing wrestler. Um, maybe that's a story and a clip for another episode, but I think it was a really interesting redemption story arc. Until Nick fucking Gage sliced his throat open. That was horrific. Yeah, less <laughs> less positive. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, there, I, there's another clip right there. It's your love of David Arquette and everything he's ever done in his life and my love of Nick fucking Gage melded together. I just think he was such a big wrestling fan that he couldn't turn it down. Um, I mean, I think he felt if he did turn it down, he'd be disrespecting the business by doing that, you know. Um, and it, it was unfortunate the way that it went down and the way that fans treated it. And like I said, people hated it at the time and it was blamed for the downfall of WCW and it was blamed for, you know, killing his career because he wasn't taken seriously by Hollywood after getting involved in WCW. But um, yeah, like I said, it's been, it's still talked about. We're still remembering it. So it had that impact that um, Eric Bischoff wanted it to have. You got like Mike Tyson on the WWF as it was back then, legitimate, absolute badass athlete. Again, another huge wrestling fan, but he's an athlete. He's got that legitimacy. Jay Leno, people like that. What are you fucking doing? Like the, the, these are people off the streets with no athletic backgrounds at all. It's just like you said, just to get the fame. And oh, I, know, I, I mean, Dennis Rodman did fuck all, but at least he was a basketball player. He was in the sports arena, no pun intended. But yeah, it just what, what are you doing? But even looking forward to your second clip, and I don't want to spoil it too much, or even what I'm going to say about it. But that's how to do it right. You yeah, know, those sorts of things. Yeah. And yeah, get get celebrities in, get them involved in the product. You know, the fans love it. It legitimizes the sport they watch. The celebrities love it because they've got another chance to be in the spotlight and find fame with another set of uh, fans that they might not normally uh, interact with. But just use them in the right way. Use them in a way that's appropriate to them and the product. And this was neither. No. <sighs> Onto my first clip, then this is uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan squashing Steve Austin. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner and the United 
This is one of those clips that I occasionally like to share on here with wrestlers at totally different stages of their careers, either after or before I knew them. And this is a rare example of both at the same time. So here we've got a young Steve Austin, pre-WWE, pre-Stone Cold, pre-global wrestling megastar and icon, meeting Hacksaw Jim Duggan (laughs) after his huge WWE run when he was you know world famous not a champion but beloved and part of that whole 80s 90s golden era um, and they're meeting in a WCW ring I mean obviously there's there's so many odd things about this clip it's strange to see Austin with hair um, it's strange to see him acting like the cowardly heel because even when he did his heel turn in WWE he was still a bit of a badass he wasn't as cowardly as this um, and I think this has probably got to be the shortest title reign and the shortest title match in WCW. At least that's what the commentators say. And it's got to be the only time that Austin has ever been squashed, um, at least at least in, in this kind of way. Um, and again, I knew that, you know, Hackshaw, Jim Duggan, <laughs> had been... Had been in WCW, but I, I didn't. I love that you act like I'm interrupting you. If you're gonna say, if you're gonna say ho all the time, I'm gonna laugh. I love that you pause, like, oh, sorry, you interrupt me real after. <laughs> Go on. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, now I knew that he had been in WCW after his WWE rerun, but I didn't realize two things. First of all, that he'd won two different titles there, the US title and the TV title. And he'd actually not won a title in WWE, which is quite astounding. But of course, back then, titles didn't change hands as often. There weren't as many of them. And very few wrestlers actually held them, if you look back on it. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't changed his look at all one iota in his entire career. But I've literally just thought of a joke off the top of my head, bro. Do you want to participate with me? Do I want to participate in a joke? Yeah. Um, is is there any responsibility on me to say or do anything? Do we need to talk about this? Well, hopefully you'll get the answer from, from what I imply with, with my words. What does uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan call his lady friends? Oh... <laughs> Uh, brilliant and planned. See, if I'd have written that down, it'd been too scripted. It wouldn't have come across as genius like it did. Disrespectful. Don't, Disrespectful. Don't interrupt me now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, straight off the bat, exactly the same as what you said. I'll never get used to seeing Austin with stubble and those beautiful blonde locks. But then to open his Texas gob and have the exact same accent spill out. You goddamn what? You look like a, a, a beach boy, like a like a pretty boy. But yeah, he still always had that kind of Texas thing about him. I suppose because he's from Texas, you know, quite weird that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can't wrestle Steamboat, the next obvious choice is going to be Hacksaw Hoduggan. Let's be fair. He he. If if I couldn't face someone the caliber of. Uh, yeah, Steamboat, I'd be like, well, he's next in line, surely to God. Um, and then to win with a goddamn backdrop. He didn't even say the way he won. A backdrop. Didn't even bust out his three-point stance clothesline, which he likes to do. And then he wins the fucking championship with a backdrop. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't got much more to say about it. It was bloody bizarre. 
I barely remember Duggan in WCW. I've only seen Austin in WCW as an older wrestling fan. And that's just fucking weird. Like my first proper introduction of Austin was in ECW when Bischoff fired him and he went on those kind of rants. Um, and then, yeah, it's just for the second time tonight, just WCW. What are you doing? <laughs> it's a rhetorical question that there's no answer. What, what were they doing? What were they thinking? I mean, yeah, it's odd that he looked so different, but he sounded and his attitude was the same. You know, he was stone cold in everything but name in, in mm. the way he spoke. But yeah, I didn't think about the, the win by a backdrop. It was a high angle backdrop, but still, it wasn't enough to finish <laughs> off a, a wrestler. Nevertheless, you know, a champion. I love that. Just to, yeah, just to throw that out there, Craig, it was a high angle backdrop. So, you know, and then they were like, oh, big splash for the pin. It wasn't a big splash. You just fell on him. It wasn't, it wasn't like a warrior big splash for the finish. Dreadful. But someone beat Steve Austin for a major title in a major US promotion with a fucking back body drop. Sorry, high angle back body drop. It's just insanity. It is, and it's mad to think that they didn't know what they had in Steve Austin, and they let go somebody who went on to so much more. I mean, you know, he defined wrestling in the late 90s, early 2000s, and him and people like The Rock, you know, well, I mean, going back before that, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, the, the battles that he had with them were legendary, and then obviously his history-making WrestleMania main events with The Rock, uh, and all the other attitude era stuff that he did it's just bizarre that they couldn't see anything in him that would elevate him to that level in wcw how did they let him go it's crazy yeah but you're saying that but even between being let go and all of that amazing stuff that he went on to do in his career he fucking lost to mikey whipwreck in ecw you know he lost some proper dud matches and he had some good promos but even then he wasn't taken seriously, Paul was the first one to call him and say, what are you doing? Oh, sit over the goddamn bit. All right, well, come on my show. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even, even as the ringmaster, it's weird to even see him affiliated with Ted DiBiase. He was like, really? Was that, a, was that a thing? We've just been grown up with him. And he raised us in a lot of ways, bro, old Austin. You know? So yeah, it was, it was weird. It's, it's weird. I need to go back and uh, pick... Picks more of his clips. I said to you the other day, like, oh, I'm struggling to think of really entertaining clips. Two minutes into this podcast, I'm like, great, I got five ideas for clips now. So I'm having to write them all down. That's the beauty of the podcast. Write them down. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's me. Sorry. <laughs> Clip number two for a very well prepared Craig. This is Knoxville getting into the Rumble. Look at this. Johnny Knoxville! Hi, Sammy. <laughs> this is amazing. What, what brings you here tonight? I'm here to talk to management. Oh. I'm campaigning to be in the Royal Rumble match. Ah, that's right. That's right. I saw your little video declaring you were going to be in the Royal Rumble. Look, let me, let me tell you something. As locker room leader, let me tell you something that nobody else is going to tell you, okay? This is in jackets. You understand? You can't just run into a brick wall 100 miles an hour. That's not how things work around here. You need technical wrestling skills. 
You understand? I don't need technical wrestling skills. I just need to be able to throw someone over the top rope. So, yes, this is the second of my famous personalities breaking down wrestling's door and demanding they get a seat at the table. I featured Steve-O and Pontius on a previous episode. So now it's Johnny's turn. I thought this clip was fitting as we've just watched Jackass Forever together. Um, and I'm not, I'm not being dramatic about this. It fucking scarred me as much as it scarred them. So just before we go on, what was one of your favorite moments from the film? I know there's about a billion to choose from. And, you know, we're pretty uncensored on this pod. So there's not much that you're not allowed to say. But yeah, any standout moments? I mean, I've written exactly the same words as you. I'm still scarred from watching Jackass Forever. And I don't <laughs> know if it's because I'm a lot older than the last time I watched it when the last movie came out, you know, decade on marriage, mortgage, two kids, but it just seems a lot more violent and disgusting than I remember. Um, I try, I try not to think about it, but the thing that always <laughs> comes back to me is the real. <laughs> it's in the very first. It's in the intro. It's the realization that the monster is a massive cock and balls. <laughs> I think I, I, it's exactly the same. I didn't even know to start with. I thought, why is that massive Godzilla thing got huge? Flabby feet. Why are they so bulbous? I didn't cotton on at all. I cottoned on fairly quickly because of the shape, but then <laughs> I thought it was a sex toy. I think it was real. <laughs> and then what he does to all of those people. Oh my God. No, I, I don't think it's because we're old. I've been thinking about it a lot and it was a lot of party boy back in the day and silly little pranks. Dirty Sanchez is your hardcore, let's throw someone down the stairs and burn them and, you know, paintball them. There wasn't a single stunt. Like, halfway through, I realised my fists had been clenched for like an hour. I was just... And we were looking at each other like, this is fucking... Oh, it's another level. Another I level. Think I think I probably swore to myself and to you under my breath a lot more in that film than any other. I was, everything's, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. I know. And even, like, the the first woman to ever appear in any kind of jackass skit, and she was fucking badass, taking scorpion stings to the mouth and licking bloody, what was it? Not a cattle prod, like a... Taser thing. Taser. Yeah. yeah, licking a taser without even battering an eyelid. Ah, oh, it's t- too much for us, bro. Too much. If there's a... Uh, if there's another jackass film, we'll have, I don't know, have to watch it through squinted eyes. Um, again, though, similar setup uh, as Arquette. You know, Johnny Jackass Knoxville was looking to promote his upcoming film, and in steps McMahon. Um, but as you said, you know, this was him doing it right. So, so Vinnie Boy put Knox in a short little programme with Sami Zayn, of all people, and he was quite entertaining. Um you know, Knoxville is right, though, about the premise of the Rumble. You don't need technical wrestling skills because all you have to do is throw a guy over the top rope. So in pure logic alone, you know, that made sense. He's not winning a world title. He's not being asked to do, a you know, an hour-long clinic with, with Bret Hart or, you know, do anything technical at all. You just go in. The aim is to throw people out. You don't have to do a single move on him if you don't want to. Uh, spoiler alert, Knox didn't go on uh, to win the Rumble. 
But uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a good nod back to a time when shenanigans like this happened on a frequent basis in, in the batshit world of wrestling. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I've made the same notes as you and we've <laughs> talked about jackass members getting involved in wrestling before. But it makes sense. It fits because the stunts and the antics that they get up to in the TV series and movies fit right in with the wackier side of wrestling. And unlike your previous clip, having jackass members like Knoxville, like Steve-O, in daft little spots like this enhances the show instead of taking the spotlight away from main event stars. You know, and those wrestlers that get involved in that limited way, like Sami Zayn, it, it actually enhances them as well because they're getting involved with bona fide Hollywood talent, you know, and, and that rubs off on them. If it had been Roman Reigns it, or Brock Lesnar, it, would have, it wouldn't have gone down as well, you know? Yeah. And you know he's not going to hang around. You know this isn't a three-month story arc and it's going to end in a massive pay-per-view match or anything ridiculous like that. It's just a little few cameos and, yeah, take take a few bumps. That's it. Get your paycheck. Bit of promotion for you, bit of promotion for us. It, it works all, all around. And it is weird to see some of your favourite stars going in. Oh, my God. I just, just remembered this, right? We were watching AEW in the weekend and you've seen this like... <gasps> Oh my God, look at that in the audience. It was Melissa Joan Hart. It was Sabrina the Teenage Fucking Witch. <laughs> How random is that? Okay. Is it random? Is she going out with or related to somebody there? No, I think she was just there in the audience. Just, yeah, okay. just enjoying the show. Interesting. Maybe Let's she's a fan. Yeah, I've... Just uh, just chilling, an AEW event. But that's quite cool. They've done it a few times. I think like Adam Sandler's been there and you're like, holy shit, look at these people. Um, oh, a good example was Stephen Amell, who was the Arrow. You know, he jumped the guardrail and had a little bit of a thing going on with uh, Cody Rhodes at the time, Stardust. But uh, yeah, it's always good when it's done well, I think. You know what it is, bro? In the language that we occasionally have to use in work, it's brand synergy. Yes. This is my second clip then, the final clip for this episode. It's laughing already. (laughs) Earl Hebner gets hit in the eye by some corn. Here's uh, the referee, Earl Hebner. And Hebner just got... Somebody threw something at the Bulldog. It It hit Earl Hebner. I'm not sure what it was. There's another WWF official out there. And uh, that same guy with the camera, that dark shirt on is here again this week. Yeah, that's that's the international czar of WWF programming, Larry Rosen. Well, the referee got hit with something, and that is very, very uh, unfortunate. There you can see someone threw something at the official, and I'm told now it was a, an ear of corn. Oh, shouldn't laugh, really, should we? Um, <laughs> this is ridiculous. So th- this took place in a match between the British Bulldog and Shawn Michael in Kuwait, I think. It's hard to find a lot of references to this. There's a, this clip is doing the rounds, but it's not obviously promoted, <laughs> so it's, it's quite difficult to find the background to it. Why are you just building this up like it's going to be some tense hour-long 
clinic. <laughs> Why are you breaking this down? Are you going into the into the science of it? Why are you doing? Well, yeah, we could have a little mini podcast series all about this clip and examine it frame by frame and talk about different theories. I love your serious approach. This is ridiculous. Carry on. Well, no, I just I thought it was quite interesting because I saw it on something and then tried to do uh, tried to find out when this happened and where it was. But there's not a lot of information about it out there. But anyway, so somebody in the crowd throws an ear of corn at the ring, probably hoping to hit the bulldog, but instead hit referee Earl Hebner. Now, obviously, we don't condone behaviour like this in wrestling or anywhere else. Don't throw things at people, please, listeners. But two things about this clip that really got me. First, the way that Hebner went down. I thought it was a spot at first rather than a legitimate fall because he fell in that exaggerated way that he does when he's hit by a wrestler. And it made me wonder whether that's just a reflex thing that he's got now, uh, you know, whenever he's hit by something, he just falls like that. He can't help it. He does it so much in the ring. And just, if that is the case, how it must be such a difficult affliction to live with. Can you imagine him at home playing with the grandkids? One of them accidentally bumps him. Oh, he's down. He's rolling over. He's unconscious for a whole hour. And nobody in the family can get him up. The kids are wailing. Oh, must be, must be a nightmare. Um, and then secondly, the, the announcer at the end says, I love that quote, it's ridiculous. Yeah. If you're fortunate enough to see any sporting event, especially the World Wrestling Federation, you try to hit maybe a least favourite WWF superstar. Yeah. Oh, what an unbelievable comment. Now, I hope that this clip cut him off before he said, just don't do it or don't even think about it or something like that. Otherwise, it's just unbelievably irresponsible. <laughs> but still, very funny, very funny clip. <laughs> I haven't got any words. That was the only thing I wrote down. Wasn't it Michael Hayes, the commentator? Sounded like Michael Hayes. Could have been. Yeah, it could have been. Yes, it did sound a bit like him, yeah. Have but you yeah. ever thrown it? Have you ever thrown anything at a wrestler? Um, I threw some shade at CM Punk in Cardiff when he shunned me. I've thrown verbal bombs at wrestlers. Yeah, I've I've watched too many backlash. I, I'm too scared. I it's like, oh, I want to jump the guardrail. I want to get in the ring and, you know, show off. But I don't want to get speared and tackled by Triple H. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, yeah, well, there's nothing to say about this clip. It was like a minute long of him getting it by a bit of corn. I think he's probably, I think this probably started all of his kind of dramatic, you know, passing out moments. He's got PTSD, isn't he? He got hit. This is the catalyst. So the corn hit his eye. And then ever since, every time he's hit or knocked, he thinks about the corn. He thinks, fuck, it's happened again. It's happened again. Cob in the eye, down for an hour. So I think I think the challenge should be trying to find him falling like this pre-corn gate and then seeing if he does it. Because if he doesn't, this was the moment he started. That is a good theory. I like it. One thing I didn't mention, I love how uh, <laughs> neither wrestler shows a lot of concern for him. <laughs> it's like they don't know whether they should break character, break kayfabe to come to his aid. And they just half-heartedly like, you're right, Earl, you okay? And, and then Bulldog picks up the corner. And, oh, what a beautiful kick. Kicks it back into the crowd. Superb, lovely stuff. You can tell that he uh, used to play football in his youth. I mean, that's a beautiful kick. But yeah, who throws an ear of corn anyway? We didn't even get an ear of corn. How'd you get that into a maybe they were selling them as snacks? But that's the only thing that makes sense. What what I don't even know what a fucking ear of corn is. 
It's it? corn on the cob. It's the whole. It's a corn on the cob. Why is it called an ear? My God, for a creative writer, sometimes you struggle with words, don't you? Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot the fucking novel I wrote an hour ago about corn and the etymology of the ear of corn. <laughs> I've never once featured corn on the cob in any of my stories. That's probably my downfall. Why don't they call sweet corn corn off the cob? Because it's on the cob. Oh, sweet corn, yeah. No, when, it, when they take it off, why don't they call it corn off the cob? Back to me, why is it called an ear of corn? It's just, it's just what it is. Well, you've learned something, haven't you? That's good. I'm glad you Here's an ear of cauliflower. It. I'd understand because you get a cauliflower ear. No. But you do. I'll give you a no, pal. Virtually. <laughs> Punch your own ear. Fuck you know. Anyway, well, from throwing to. No, I can't do a second. <laughs> <laughs> I gave that up after, after two words. Hi, everyone. Have a great week. Yeah, well, we could throw, let's throw to the end. Is that something they say? Let's throw oh, to I the knew end. You, you couldn't end it there. You're dying. Go on, do your little sign off. You should have just ended it with you fucking up. Well, no, we got to say thank you for listening and thank you for. You know, supporting us. Keep following us on Twitter at WrestleBros Pod. Keep listening to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you listen on Anchor, because we tend to share Anchor clips, don't worry. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Apple. We're on other lesser podcast platforms. We're everywhere. Enjoy us. God. Get involved, and we look forward to uh, sharing some more randomness next week. Yeah, maybe not next week. Week after next. Oh, because we've got busy lives and we're rattles. <laughs> Throw that in as well. Wouldn't be a fucking pod without you going, oh, I've just got a state that we don't do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye, everyone. Love you. Bye-bye. Wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. <laughs>